Good, good. Well, guys, I am really excited for what the Lord's placed on my heart for you, for you all tonight. Uh, you know, thank you so much for listening, for uh, inviting me to speak with you guys. Um, it's such a great time. We're going to start off uh, with prayer. Father, we just thank you for tonight, God. We just thank you, God, for the word that you have for us, God, just for the message, God, from heaven, God, that you want it to be released here. God, we thank you for what you're wanting to do in us, God, what you have in store for us, for what you've dreamed and what you've planned for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, yeah. Yeah, everyone, you guys can be seated, please. <laughs> um, so, guys, I wanted to... Is it okay if we get a little uncomfortable tonight in the, in the message? Just a little bit, because it's going to be a little bit harder, because part of what the Lord was wanting me to speak on was giving, and I didn't realize my grandfather was going to ask for you guys to give, so I, it's nothing directly towards me, everything, and unto the Lord. I promise, I promise you guys. So, guys, there is this quote I love from this theologian, his name's A.W. Tozer, you know, he says, we cannot worship past the revelation that we have of God. And so that's also meaning the way we worship is a direct reflection of our revelation that we have, that we have, uh, that we are pursuing towards our Lord. And, you know, so I know for me, I want to show my worship to my, uh, to our God, because like, I know he is the King of Kings. You know, he is the Lord of Lords, the ruler of all of heaven and of earth. You know, he is the author of my salvation, the lover of my soul. And he is my best friend. And you know, I, I know for me personally that I want everything about, you know, my life to reflect that I know Jesus. And I really do desire that everything that, that we have is, is it's recognized that it's touched by the blood of the lamb. You know, that, that's something that I know I want and I, I hope that it can catch. Or, uh, to everyone around me. And, you know, I know, I know that even though that my life, it's not perfect, that the perfecter, he's working on me. You know, the restorer, he's restoring me. And the bridegroom of the church, he is teaching me how to love my bride. You know, and I even know that the giver of heaven, he's even teaching me how to give. And so this is what I'm saying. This might be the uncomfortable part. Um, you know, you know, giving is our part of worship. Yes, even with our tithe and our offering, it should be a joyful form of worship with gratitude, you know, for what Christ has done for us. But, you know, we also need to know that our giving, it does not stop with our wallet. You know, because giving to the Lord is being obedient to everything that he asks of us. Because even in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22, it says obedience is better than sacrifice. I know we can take it with the, with the context that it is, but really obedience is better than sacrifice. And so being obedient with our actions, being obedient with our thoughts, our spouses, with our families, being obedient in the way that we do spend our money and we lift each other up, it's very important. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, so, it's so important with what, how we really take uh, the word of the Lord to our hearts. And I know this might sound a little odd, but I, even I really do believe that in the Old Testament, it was a little less demanding than the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, you know, we would have to give 10% of everything that we had. We would have to make sacrifices with bulls, with rams. And then, you know, we would have to forgive people of 
debts after so many times. And, you know, we had to follow all these rules. But the thing is, mainly, God asked for 10% of our lives. But we know in the New Testament, Jesus really asked for 100% surrender. That's right. And so That's right. I can say that that the covenant of us and Jesus is saying there's a hundred percent of all of us because he's giving everything of him to me and you. And so he's expecting from me and you to give him everything. Um, and so that's really what I love. And I, and so now we're going to go into Mark chapter 12 verses 41 through 44. Um, and this is, as you guys might know, the, uh, the woman, the widow that actually gave her offering and says, you know, Jesus sat down on the opposite of the treasure and he began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury and many rich people were putting in large sums and a poor widow came and put two small, small coins, which amount to a cent. And he was calling, Jesus calling his disciples to him. He said to them, truly, I say to you that this poor widow put in more than any of the contributors in the treasury for they all put in from their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she owned and all that she had to live on. And so for me, I'm asking, can you imagine, you know, just Jesus being in this room and he walked down the aisles, you know, where the ushers or like, you know, where the buckets were. And he was just looking and he's like, oh, that's like a nice five. That's a nice 20. Oh, that check has a couple zeros on it. You know, he was looking around and then he sees someone that gives about a penny and he turns around and says, hey, this person gave, out gave all of us. Can you imagine how that would feel? Like just what that would do? Yeah. And it's because our heart posture that's attached to the giving matters. Amen. The heart posture of what we are giving God, it matters to him. It's like, so, you know, even when we give to others, when we give to God, you know, ask the Lord what you should give, even though it might not be everything you own, let it be everything that God asks of you. And so he might, you know, ask you to stop what you're doing, you know, and to go into a different direction. You know, he might have you dedicate more time to your family or to your spouse. He might ask you to change jobs or move somewhere that you've never been or go somewhere that you've never and do stuff that you've never done before. Um, but, you know, it, t- it takes trust you know, to walk in the obedience of the Lord. And as time goes on, you know, your trust, it is going to be tested, but it's not to break your trust. No, it's uh, it's really to Make your trust stronger in the Lord. That's right. Because, you know, God, he does have a dream and a plan for you. So I just encourage you all just to follow his lead. And so the next portion of the the sermon, like I I didn't really create a long sermon. I just knew what the Lord, he had for tonight. What he had, I believed it was more quantity than a quality in the words. You know, the, the next part of it is about knowing that God's choice knowing that God, he was choosing us and you know how he's asking us to follow him. You know, first John four nineteen is a verse we probably all know, you know, we love because he first loved us. And then John 15 verses 16 and 17, it says, you know, you did not choose me, but I choose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. 
And so that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he would give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Oh, I love that. It's just because of that, it's like it was a command from God. It was, and just letting him know like, hey, I chose you. Like, I chose you. And this is what I have a plan for you. And his first priority is that we would love and that we would go approach the Lord, that we would be in prayer. And it's like, you know, for me, you know, I'm also thinking about how Jesus, he temporarily left, he temporarily left heaven to meet us and to show us that how he loves us. You know, that he had came to you and to me, you know, to show how it's to be on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that he came in a manger wrapped in flesh so that you and I could be adopted as sons and daughters to Father God. Hallelujah. You know, and Jesus, he left everything he was accustomed to in order to meet you. And in return, he asked us to leave everything so that we can follow him. You know, we can see that all throughout Scripture, all throughout, uh, you know, I, I love one of the first... Uh, one of the first signs of the of the foreshadows with Elijah and Elisha, where Elijah, where you know Elijah, he tells Elisha, "Hey, drop all that you have, you know, and follow me." So you know, we we know that he burns all of the oxen and all of the plows, and then you know he talks. Then Jesus comes in the scene and he starts telling Peter and Andrew, "Hey, come follow me. Drop your nets. Come follow me. I'm about to make you fishers of men." You know, to Matthew. You know, hey, come follow me. To all of his disciples, come follow me. That was the same thing. He was like, leave everything behind. And even one of them was going on uh, to a funeral. He said, let the dead bury the dead. And he said, come follow me. And so that ending part is like, you know, Jesus is worth it. And just, uh, I believe the verse is to show what Jesus did. I really love Romans chapter five. So if you guys can bear with me. I mean, because I love it so much, I'm about to read the, the majority of it. Because the verses are going to be Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, and then also verses 17 through 21. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, through whom we have uh, obtained our instruction by faith uh, into this grace which we stand. We exalt in sorry, we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about uh, perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we, while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For, the one we will hardly, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps a good man, uh, someone would dare to even die for. But God, he demonstrates his own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. It's like, for if, sorry, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, you know, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, 
But we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, through whom we have now received the reconciliation, you know, the unity with God. You know, therefore, just as one man's sin entered into the world and death brought uh, through uh, death was brought through sin. And so death spreads all men because all sinned. And then now going to verse 17. For by the transgression of one, death reigned through the one. And much more, uh, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of the righteousness will reign through the one, which is Jesus Christ. It's like, so then, uh, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, the one act of righteousness, there's uh, there resulted justification for life to all men for as the sorry for as through the one man's disobedience many were made sinners even though uh, sorry even so through the obedience of the one which is Jesus that many will be made righteous the law came in so that the transgressions would increase he's like but where sin increased grace abound all the more so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign in the righteousness of eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so for me, that is the parts of Romans 5 that I really love. Basically showing that while we were still seen as enemies, as we were still seen as sinners, Jesus still died for us so that we could be in unity with his spirit, so that we can be in unity and friendship with the love of God. And it's like, so this is what I want to say, that if you are breathing, that if you have been alive, Christ came for you. <laughs> it's like, because he chose you. You are not insignificant. You are not dumb. He's like, you are not stupid or even lazy. Because Jesus, he calls you loved. He calls you forgiven, set free, restored, full of purpose, and adored by the creator, which is the uncreated God. You know, and he's doing something. I really do. There, There's some people in this room that I feel like God, he's wanting to do something so new in your life. And that you have too much purpose to stop where you're at. And I feel like there's been challenges and there's been heartaches where you're like, man, like I don't know exactly what you're wanting to do through me, Lord. But God, he's like, don't stop now. Don't stop where you're at. Don't stop what you're doing. Because he has something so good for you, so beautifully dreamed for you, that he, he wants you just to keep going. And so even for tonight, you know, we're now at the altar call. So if everyone, can you guys stand up, please? So this is the thing. If you do not know Jesus, or if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, can you raise your hand? We would love to pray with you and love to pray for you. And then also, there is, this, so for tonight, it's like, I even know that God, he's wanting people to, to pray and to seek him more than it's like, hey, I want to have a stronger relationship with you. I want you to walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you want, if you want just to even say, yes, Lord, I want to walk closer with you than never before. God, I want to be there. I want to walk the way you walk, to love the way that you loved and to live the way that you lived. It's like, will you raise your hand real quick? We love just to keep praying with you and to pray for you. 
Yes, Lord. So, Lord, we just even ask that for tonight, God, that you just pour out your spirit upon all flesh like never before. God, that the outpouring of your spirit would come like a mighty wave, come like a mighty wind and a mighty fire, God. Lord, we thank you, God, for the new things that you have in store for us tonight. God, the new doors of your spirit, God, that we can walk through because of your spirit, God. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. God, we see you. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your cross and your resurrection and all that you have done. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.